You're listening to Misunderstood Podcast, where we're setting the record straight on all things misunderstood. I'm your host, Kelly Hall, pageant runner-up, model, speaker, entrepreneur, pageant queen, and U.S. Navy lieutenant. I may have never won a Miss USA title, but I am the queen of being misunderstood. Welcome to the show, guys. What's up, world? It's Kelly. I'm back at it again. And I am going into, I don't know, like a part two of one of my episodes from season one. I talked about the mistakes you're making in dating. And you know what? Today, I'm going to dive right into a few more. Here's the thing. I feel like it's very misunderstood that there is a right way to date. Because that's wrong. There's, There's a lot of ways to date. I think, correction, there is a wrong way to date. And that's what I want to focus in on today. I think there's a lot of things that you can be doing differently. And maybe you're out there and you're like, oh, I'm not finding the one. And you know what? Trust God's timing. It may be, maybe right now is not the time. Also, there can be things that you can do differently in your dating life. And I feel like once I started applying some of these like basic rules, things started really turning a new leaf for me. Either A, I was finding more viable prospects for a hubby, or B, I was just more happy in my dating life because I wasn't standing around going, oh my God, he hasn't called me back yet. Why? I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Not meant to be. And it was because I was kind of focusing on these steps here. So I'm going to dive right into it. You may be making these same mistakes. And guess what? Your girl did it too. But I'd say first and foremost, and this kills me. I'm just going to say it. Oh, it kills me. Do not let a man ask you to chill. If a guy texts you or slides into your dating app or DMs or whatever and says like, let's chill or let's hang. Oh my God. I just literally want to stab this pen through my finger because I it kills me. I literally die when I think about it. That's not a plan and that's not a date. All right. So we're going to start setting expectations for ourselves. All right. As women, we need to take control. We're driving this dating dating car. Imagine yourself in this car and you're holding the steering wheel and you have complete control over the vehicle. Which lane are you going to go into? Are you going to go in the right lane? You're going to left lane? You're going to stay in your lane? Stay in your lane. Stay in control. Don't let anyone take over that wheel. That is the amount of control we have in our dating lives. And you know what? There's unexpected things. There's hail that hits the road. There's a deer that crosses the street. And those things, you know what? That's fine. We're going to move on from it. We're going to get over it. But in the meantime, we're going to stay in our lane and we're going to drive our our dating car. So with that, set expectations. I set the expectation quite early on that my future husband is going to be respectful and he's going to be a planner and he's going to be someone who is responsible and very chivalrous, right? Because those are all really good qualities that I wanted in a future husband and a future father, to be honest. 
And those qualities show that they're raised well, that they have the ability to think about someone other than themselves, that they're responsible, that maybe they're doing well in their career or their life, they're balanced. You know what? If they're not any of those things, then that might raise an area of concern for me. So with that, I'm not over here trying to be extra, but I kind of had the expectation set that if someone wanted to go on a date with me, there needs to be a plan made. All right. Now, I'm not asking for tickets to the opera. Like, I don't, I'm not talking about like a set amount of money or a certain level of restaurant or a certain kind of date. I'm talking about a plan. And I empower you to have the same expectation when you are dating. Baseline. A man should have a plan, period. So if they're reaching out to you and they're saying like, let's hang out sometime or let's chill or do you want to chill Tuesday? That's not a plan. And what does that mean? Let's interpolate that for a second. What that means is they're maybe making a little time in their busy schedule for you. Let's just see where the chips fall. That's not really making you a priority. You want a guy who's going to make you a priority. Second, What does chill mean? It means that they're not putting forth the effort to make a reservation or create a date for you or create a plan they want to impress you. You deserve to be impressed, girl. You deserve to be impressed. So why would you think it's okay for a guy to say like, let's chill? No, 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 no. You are the kind of girl that deserves a plan and you are the kind of girl that deserves a reservation. So set that expectation now. That is not a plan. Lastly, and I'll get into this in a second, but you are making the mistake when you say like, yeah, I'll chill with you or like, yeah, I can hang with you. Sure, I'll come swing by after work. With that, you're putting yourself in a position that's very vulnerable. And what do I mean by that? So there's lots of guys who I would meet on dating apps previously and they'd say like, hey, come chill with me Thursday night. And I would say, no, or what do you mean by that? And they would say, oh, like swing by, let's watch a movie. No. And here's the thing. That's not a plan. That's what anybody does when they're home alone. So you're not making me feel very special by saying I can come over and watch a movie with you. But third, that's putting you in a vulnerable position because now you're going over to a man's place whom you may have never met before or maybe have only met previously for a short amount of time. You don't know anything about his living situation and you're now setting yourself up in a position where there might be expectations for some sort of physical interaction. And you also don't have like an easy getaway. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, it's not like you're at a dinner with a room full of people and you can't be like, oh man, it's getting kind of late. I should probably get back. Dinner's winding down. You might feel uncomfortable being in this person's apartment alone, having meeting them for the first time. And They're sitting on the couch and you're kind of like, what do I do? I'm not really feeling this. You don't have that easy slide out. Also, you're putting pressure on yourself to make yourself vulnerable in the stance that you're like, okay, like, is he expecting me to sleep with him? Like, is he expecting me to stay over? Like, that's not really what I want. So I'd say clear cut, cut that out. My rule was that I wouldn't go to a guy's apartment for the first five dates. And I didn't tell him that rule. That was just a personal rule. I would either suggest something else 
Or if he kept pushing, I would flat out say that. And you know what? More times than not, a guy that's going to respect you will respect that role. So sometimes I had a couple guys who were like, oh, I'd like to cook for you though. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't go over to a guy's house the first five dates. And they'd be like, oh. And if they had a problem with it, then like, all right, see ya. But usually they'd be like, oh, no worries. Like, let's plan a picnic instead or let's go to this restaurant or I'd really love to take you, you know, putt-putting or whatever. But again, you are the kind of girl that deserves a plan to be thought of to have some sort of date created and you want to set that expectation for yourself. So a mistake you're making, you're making right now is you're saying, Oh, it's okay. Just to like chill. Like at least he wants to hang out with me. Oh my goodness. No, you are more deserving than that. So stop letting that happen. Remember golden rules, no visits to the apartment within the first five dates. Maybe that sounds like a lot, but it's not. Wash it, apply it, and let me see how it flows into your life. Second, do not allow them to get away with chill or hang or any other slang. You expect plans or reservations, not price tags, not five-star restaurants, just a plan. All right? It says a lot about him, and that is setting yourself up for success in your relationship. Okay, so let's get into number two. I've spoken like time and time and time again about non-negotiables. And I really think a huge mistake that you're making if you're dating is that you're not deciding these non-negotiables early on. All right, ladies, pull out your journals right now. If you don't have five things that you want in your husband, you're doing it wrong. And I'm not saying like, oh, he has to be brunette and he has to be tall. No, 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 no. Get that out of your head right now. Absolutely not. We're talking about things that matter. For me, I cared that he had a relationship with God. I cared that he could be flexible with my naval career. I cared that he had a career of his own. I cared that he cared about his family. And lastly, I wanted him to be social. Wow, I named those off really quick. I must have had them embedded in my brain. But those were my five, to be honest. And that came from a lot of reflection in previous relationships and seeing what worked and what didn't work. Luckily, here I am and I'm describing the man of my dreams, Austin Sabraki. But those were five things I really couldn't budge on. And it took me a very long, long time to find a guy with all five qualities. And let me tell you this. You need to indirectly start asking and implying those questions when you're on a first date. Now, I'm not saying be a psycho and say like, oh, kids matter to me. How many kids do you want? Because girl, he's going to be asking for that check by the time the appetizers are served. You don't want that. What you want to do is start kind of altering questions to see how he responds. So I'll give you an example. When I was living in Ohio and I was, obviously I'm still in the Navy, but I knew my Navy lifestyle meant I would be moving. So in the Navy, you typically move every three years or so. And I was so, you know, young into my naval career, I was definitely going to be moving after Ohio. So in my mind, I needed a guy who, if he was the one, he would be supportive of that career and would be open-minded to the idea of potentially leaving Ohio one day. Because I'm not saying I won't end up back in Ohio, but it mattered to me that he was, you know, open-minded to potentially leave Ohio. So with that, I would go on dates, you know, on, you know, grabbing a drink, whatever. And I would say, So, do you ever see yourself leaving Ohio? 
And the response was really in- indicative of where his heart was at. I had guys that were like, no, absolutely not. Born and raised, staying here my whole life. I never intend on leaving. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, well, you're dating, you're on a date with someone in the Navy. I definitely, unless I got out of the Navy, I'm going to be moving again. So it was really good to know that in advance and keep that in mind because why would I keep pursuing a relationship with a man I know is not going anywhere? When I asked Austin this question, it was, we were actually sitting in Stoff's Coffee, and this was a little coffee shop in, not German Village, Grandview. We were in Grandview. It's one of my favorite places in Columbus. And we took a break from work to go grab coffee. So, I mean, this was like date, if you want to call it a date, but this was like maybe the third or fourth time we hung out together alone. And so I was just like, babe, do you ever see yourself leaving Ohio? And he was like, yeah, I do. He's like, I've actually been, you know, really interested in going to Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or taking a job somewhere else. Just while I'm young, you know, I kind of want to like explore and get out of Ohio. And he's like, I see myself long-term settling down here, but that doesn't mean I'm not open-minded to exploring something now. He's like, I don't want to look back on my life and wonder like what it was like to have been in a different city. I remember him saying this to me and like, honestly, I didn't even know if I was like super into him at the time. But I was like, whoa, that's literally what I'm looking for. Like I'm looking for a guy, not to say like, this is my plan. This is my five-year plan. I want to move here. Non-negotiable. Like I just wanted a guy to be open-minded. And what that led to eventually is when I had to tell him, I told him on our fifth date that I was moving to Los Angeles, he didn't shut it down. He wasn't like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. All right, see you later. He was just kind of like, huh, okay, well, I – like to keep dating you until then. And he tells me now that he literally knew at that point that he was going to move with me. He just had a feeling in his bones, like, all right, move to to Los Angeles with Kelly. (laughs) But that was, you know, part of our chapter was we both wanted to experience this in our 20s. We wanted to move around and we wanted to develop that part of our relationship and go to new cities and meet new people and have a different chapter in our lives. But it was all stemming from kind of asking that question indirectly first. And same thing with, you know, whether if religion is something that matters to you, you don't need to be hard hitting this, you know, journalist with the hard questions like, do you believe in God? I would just be like, hey, is, you know, is is faith something that matters to you? Do you come from a religious background? And again, it's very telling because I'd have guys in the past that were like, no, absolutely not. And I'd be like, oh, all right. And then I would follow that up with, you know, have you ever, you know, wanted to explore a stronger faith? And if they said no, I'm like, okay, well, there you go. Or they were like, yeah, you know, if if I met the right person and it mattered to her, it definitely would be something that I'd be willing to give more of my time to. And I'd be like, oh, okay. So you're open-minded to it. You know, with Austin, he grew up in a Catholic family, went to a Catholic school, and um, I love that faith was a huge part of him growing up. So that mattered to me a lot. And then also, you know, same with family, you know, that being a non-negotiable for me, I wasn't like, what's your relationship like with your family? I was just like, hey, so are you really close to your family? And you're close to their parents? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Or they'd be like, no, not really. I don't really talk to my parents. And I'm like, oh. Okay. But just indirectly, you know, finding those questions that don't have to be like, are you planning to have children the next five years? Just being like, oh yeah, you know, 
where you see yourself with family. Do you have any nephews, nieces? That's a great way to find out what very telling. You know, they might be like, yeah, I have nieces. They're the best. You know, I can't wait to have some of my own someday. Or they'll be like, yeah, I have nieces. That's enough for me. I just like being an uncle. And they're like, okay, good to know where you're at. So indirectly ask those questions that matter most to you. A lot of people aren't doing that within the first three dates. I think you can tell so much within the first three dates. I think you can tell a lot in the first date. So why would you keep dating someone if they're saying no to all of your non-negotiables? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you all of a sudden think that like, oh, okay, well, let me just keep seeing where this goes. Like, you know where it's going to go. It's not going to go anywhere because that's not something that matters to them and it's something that matters to you. So indirectly ask those questions. I cannot stress that enough. And that moves into my next point, which is stop thinking you can change him. I said that with emphasis. So there was like bullets in between each word. Stop thinking that you could change him because you cannot. By the time you get into dating in your late 20s or early 30s, or maybe you're dating in your mid 30s, that man has completely found his ways. I mean, he is set. He is so set in his ways. He is set in his personality. He's set in his routine. He's set in what matters to him. He is set. That is how he is. And trying to break a man down and build him back up again is not something you're going to do. Now, if you're dating when you're 15, yes, malleable. But later in your 20s, early 30s, like that man is the way he is. So you can't change him if he's controlling, period. He's controlling. He is controlling. Unless he works with a therapist four times a week, that's still going to be a trait he will always have. If he's a liar, he's a liar. Boom, done. Catch him in a lie, catch him in a lie, catch him in another lie. He's a liar. He thinks that behavior is okay. And it's probably because he's gotten away with that for many of his years. Unfortunately for you, you met him and you think like, oh, maybe I can change him. No, you're not going to change him. So stop thinking that. And then there's other behaviors you just need to be cognizant of. And I'll give you a little lighthearted one. Austin, my sweet Austin, is chronically late. I mean, it kills me. You can tell this man to be at dinner at 8 o'clock. He'll show up at 9 p.m. So now I've learned to tell him to be somewhere an hour and a half early. Maybe he'll be on time. That's exactly how he is. And I kid you not, early on, this absolutely killed me. I'm in the military. I am a naval officer. Being punctual is like part of my DNA. So within the first four months of us dating, I started understanding just how bad he is. He was so late all the time. And it could be to a social event. It could be to a date. It could be to a family event. It could be to lunch. It could be to anything. He is just always late. Well, there was one time he was supposed to meet my friends on a Saturday at this patio and there was like five of us. He was going to come hang out with us, bring his friends. And I was like, all right, see you at four. So my friends and I all head over there. Oh, Penn's. Penn's Mechanical Company. Another shout out to Columbus, Ohio. So he's supposed to meet my friends at Penn's at four o'clock. So we leave our brunch at 3.30 and head over. And I text Austin. I'm like heading over. And he goes, okay, sounds great. Four o'clock passes and 4.15 passes and then 4.20 passes. And I say, hey, are you on your way? And he goes, yep, totally on my way. Okay, great. 4.30 passes and then 4.45 passes and now it's five o'clock and he's still not there. So I'm like, 
hey, where are you? What's going on? He's like, I'm literally walking out the door. I'm, I'm leaving. This man showed up at six o'clock and my friends were all ready to leave. And they were like, we're done waiting. This is ridiculous. And they're all upset. So I'm upset. And I'm like, Austin, get it together. Why are you two hours late? And of course he's like, oh, like I was talking to my friends and then they kept talking to me and then I felt bad and then new people kept showing up and then I kept talking to them and then just made it really hard for me to slip out and leave. I was just like, dude, not cool. So I left Penn's just absolutely fuming. I'm like, that's so disrespectful. That's so rude. I can't believe you did that to me. We were waiting around for two hours. My friends are upset. I'm upset. So we head to the next patio and his best friend, Blake, gets my attention. He's like, Kelly, come over here. I'm like, what? I am upset. I am livid. Austin's driving me crazy. I can't live with someone who is freaking this late. Like, it's just so rude. And he was like, Kelly, I have known Austin since he was 18 years old. Austin is always going to be late. That's just the way he is. The man will never be on time. It's not personal and it's not rude and he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. He just literally will always be late. And so you need to accept this about him. He's like, when you love someone, you love them for every part of them, even the parts that you don't like. And guess what? We love Austin and we have to accept this about him. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, no, I don't want to. But guess what? I wasn't going to change him. And I ended up calling his mom to vent about it. This was pretty early on in my relationship with his mom as well. And I was just like, oh, your son is always late. Like, how do you deal with it? It's driving me absolutely crazy. Like, I don't know if I can deal with it. And she goes, I'll never forget this. She goes, you know what, Kelly? I've been trying to figure that out since Austin was a little boy. And I finally just decided God gave me Austin to slow me down. She's like, I would lay out his clothes as a kid before school. And he just would still be late. She was like, I would leave him at school. In the evenings, I would go to pick him up and he just would never come out because he'd be chatting with so many people. She's like, so I left him at school. He had to walk home. I was like, no way. She was like, yeah. So you're just going to have to accept that Austin time is what you'll be living on. Tell him to be somewhere an hour early. Accept that he might be late. But Austin is around to slow us all down because we're all living these busy lives. So I say that to say whether, you know, good, bad, ugly qualities, you can't change that person. And you need to be okay with whatever shape they're in when you meet them. Yes, you can finesse some parts. Like Austin did not used to be a planner and now he's my little planning extraordinaire. He is, you know, is so social and, you know, loves being out with friends and he's gotten better with communication and all of those things that you can definitely tweak over time. But big building blocks of character, that's the way they are. So stop thinking you're going to change him. Pay attention to those red flags. Pay attention to the green flags. But don't think that you're going to change them because you won't. Be okay with accepting any sort of condition they're in. It's kind of like a used car. You're like, okay, this is a good car. And that's the car we're driving, friends, down the dating lane. So be okay with the condition that you're accepting them in. And then getting into my fourth is a mistake I think a lot of you ladies are probably making. And I'm going to put a stop to it right now. Stop making yourself too available. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Because what you're doing, and you're not realizing this, 
it's not about dating multiple people at uh, multiple times and being like this big salute around the town. It's about keeping options open and keeping a clear mind. Now, I'm not saying that to be rude and say like, oh, just keep all your options open. Don't commit to anyone. I'm saying when you're dating multiple people, two things happen. One, you're not thinking about one person in particular. And so you're not pining over that one person and picking every little thing apart and thinking about, oh, he texted me at 4.05. So should I text him back at 4.45? Like, you're distracted because you're talking to multiple people. So that helps keep your mind clear. Two, you're able to evaluate qualities you like and dislike in those different people. So, you know, while you're busy talking just to Mike, who's to say Steve isn't a good guy to date too and could possibly be the guy for you? And bonus number three, guys tend to like you when you are not as available. Okay, this is the secret sauce, my friends. If you're always open to whatever they're doing or whatever date they want to go on with you, you're going to be too predictable. All right, you got to be a little unpredictable. And by doing so, by talking to other people, you're booking up your schedule. You're not always free. And they're kind of thinking, wait, why isn't Kelly free to go on a date with me? I don't understand. So they're kind of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'll take that date two Thursdays from now assessing what you don't like and what you do like in those people in the process. You know, when I was dating Austin that fall of 2018, I was talking to multiple people. Again, correction, this doesn't mean sleeping with multiple people. I was talking, I was dating multiple people. And with that, you know, there were qualities I really liked in some guys and there's qualities I liked in other guys and there was qualities I disliked in them. But I just kept coming back to Austin. I was like, I really can't find anything I dislike. Maybe I'm going on more dates with someone right now. Maybe I'm texting someone a little bit more right now. But Austin was kind of like a consistent player. And there was nothing screaming out at me saying like, oh, you should definitely stop talking to this guy. So we just kind of kept seeing each other like every couple weeks. And that rhythm was really good because time was passing we kept wanting to see each other. We kept staying interested in each other. And I think that's very telling. You know, if you're seeing someone once a week for four weeks, after a while, you know, you're like, oh, what does this mean? I've been seeing you every week for a month now. Like, are we getting serious? Like, no, cut that out. When you're seeing multiple people, you're not really overthinking those things. You're just like, oh, like I saw him a couple weeks ago. Well, I'm going to see him next Thursday. Oh, I'm going to grab a drink with him. I'm going to grab a coffee with him. Okay, cool. And you can kind of assess your feelings over time. So stop making yourself too available because when you're saying yes to every invite he has, you're really not making it that interesting for him. Okay. And if you're not talking to multiple people, then make yourself unavailable with plans with friends. So, you know, book your time up with your hobbies, book your time up with your passions, book your time up with your friends, make yourself going out to dinner or social events to, again, book up some of that time. Because if you start seeing a guy, some of these girls, oh my goodness, they will literally see a guy for like seven days straight. And then guess what? They get into this frenzy of like, what are we? I don't know. I I thought we had a really good week together. We were seeing each other for seven days straight. And then guess what? Like life gets in the way again. And they're like, oh, I don't know what this means. No, space it out, girl. You're making yourself way too available. And guess what? And this goes into my final point. It's going to work out exactly the way it's supposed to. So I know you're thinking like, oh, 
if I see a guy once every two weeks for three months, that is just so long. Like that's like a whole summer. I can't do that. Guess what, girl? If he's supposed to be the right one after those three months, he'll still be into you. He'll still want to date you. He'll still want to see you. He will make time for you. So stop overthinking it. Okay. Fifth, fifth point is you're not trusting God's timing. And that's a huge mistake. Okay. Stop, stop not trusting the timing. All right. You truly just need to be at peace with yourself, with your career, with your friendships, with your, your path, your goals, all of that before you can ever open yourself up to a relationship with a guy. So you need to be working on yourself and focusing on those things, you know, keeping an open mind, figuring out those non-negotiables. But most of all, you need to trust his timing. Okay. You could say like, I am so ready. Why has he not given me Mr. Right yet? But guess what? The timing is going to happen exactly when it's supposed to happen. So have a good mindset until then. That's what I'm trying to do by equipping you with these things. You know, if you're dating someone who's not right for you and doesn't match any of your non-negotiables, you're just going to go crazy. If you're dating someone too much, you're going to make yourself too crazy. So that's what I'm saying by not making yourself too available, making sure he matches your non-negotiables, you know, indirectly asking those questions that matter to you. And then also thinking you can change him, like stop doing all those things because you're going to drive yourself insane. So you need to accept the following. You need to accept one. Your non-negotiables are that for a reason. Write them down, put them in a frame, whatever they are, but you could truly find someone that has them. So accept that and don't deviate from them. Number two, accept that you deserve a plan. You deserve it. You deserve a man who's going to make time for you, who's going to create a date for you, who's going to make a reservation for you, going to make a plan for you. It's not about money. It's about time, effort put forward, which you deserve. Three, you will stop making yourself too available and you'll start booking up your time. Ask to not make yourself crazy and too available for him. Four, you will stop thinking that you can change him. Literally stop it. Accept him in the condition that he's in Maybe a little finesse here and there, but those big ticket character items you cannot change. And lastly, you need to accept that this is not about you. This is about God's timing, period. It's not about when Victoria wants to be on a date. It's not about when Sally wants to marry Mr. Right. It's not about when Mariah Payne wants to meet the one and only. It is about when he wants you to meet the one and only. Girl, I literally thought I was going to head out to LA, be single, live in Hollywood Hills, and date a millionaire. That was my massive plan. I was like, all right, LA, here I come. And guess what? I have a man that is a million bucks to me. He's not a millionaire, but I ended up meeting him and going out to LA with him. My life completely changed. And now I'm marrying him in nine months. You just never know when it's supposed to happen. So take all of these things into consideration. Stop making these rookie mistakes and realize that it's super misunderstood that there is a right way to date. There is a wrong way to date. And I want to empower you with these mistakes 
that I have made previously that you can change moving forward because it's going to completely make a difference in your mental health and what you talk about and the energy you're putting forward in dating. And I think it can lead to something incredible. So with that, that's all I have for you guys today. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts. Seriously, leave me a review. DM me on Instagram. I want to hear what you guys have to say and I want to know your questions. I'm not a guru. I'm not a couples therapist, but I do know what I went through and guess what? I'm pretty happy now. So thanks guys. Until next week, it's Kelly Hall with Misunderstood. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Misunderstood Podcast. I love hearing from you guys and I want you to take a screenshot of this episode, tag at misunderstood.podcast on Instagram and share a takeaway from today's episode. Something you love, something you wanted more of, whatever it is, it helps me learn what you guys want to hear. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify. I want to give a special shout out to my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. If you are looking to launch a podcast or if you already have one, you can get unlimited podcast editing by visiting usehatch.fm. That's usehatch.fm. Thanks so much, guys. Until next week, this is your misunderstood Kelly Hall.